Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we explore their songs from the very beginning, you could say their Big Bang, to the ending, including their second invention of the band, their second Big Bang after the universe kind of collapsed. Okay, my, my metaphor is running away. I am Tracy, your host, and tonight I am joined by Michelle and mostly a bastard, Aaron. <laughs> mostly a bastard. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> This week, we examine Big Bang Theory theme. Since the dawn of man is really not that long as every galaxy was formed in less time than it takes to sing this song. A fraction of a second and the elements were made. The bipeds stood up straight, the dinosaurs all met their fate. They tried to leave, but they were late and they all died. They their asses off the oceans of Vegeta. See a wooden bar to be a set in motion by the same Big Bang. From hits from yesterday, the day and before, in 2011... And from BNL Rocks, Red Rocks, from 2016. But, of course, most people know the very shortened version from the Big Bang Theory TV show, which I love to watch, so I hear this song quite often. There is also, and I, I think I sent it to you guys, I sent you the video clip, the video link, is that right? Yes. Okay, good. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Does anyone, do you guys want to start like with where it came from? Sure. How we, how, yeah, please. All right. Does do do either of you guys? I don't want to be the one talking a lot because I have a lot of notes from this week. But do you guys know where it came from? Nope. So there was a great clip online, um, an interview just recently done um, after the Juno Awards, uh, where they were asked and Ed answered that. So Chuck Lorre and Bill Prady were fans of the band from a long time back. And they saw them play at Universal Amphitheater in L.A. in 2006, I want to say. And Ed had just finished reading Simon Singh's book. By the way, you can follow him on Twitter. And the book was called Big Bang, Everything You Need to Know About Mankind's Most Important Discovery. So part of the improv that night at the concert was about cosmology. And Chuck and Bill were in the audience and they were like, great, we're writing this show about this. So they called up. They called up Ed's publicist uh, that day and said, we want you to write the theme song for our brand new show about about these scientists. Um, so time went by, the tour finished, and Terry McBride, the band's manager, like told Ed, like, hey, guys, like, try to write this song for the conference call, which is, oh, by the way, tomorrow morning. And even though Ed was kind of on vacation in his in his house... Ed talked to his wife and said, you know, hey, you know, I just got this offer to write this song for a TV show by Chuck Lore. And she's like, you mean Chuck Lorre? He's like, yeah, something like that. She's like, you need to Google him and look it up. <laughs> so he, he Googled him, looked up. He's like, wow, okay. And the next morning in the shower, Ed wrote the song, sent it to them. And Chuck wanted it, just one change for the song. Which is, they at the end of the first verse, they do the tag. It all started with the Big Bang. Well, they had done that tag twice. And he's like, can you just do the tag once? And it's like, yeah, sure. And so they took the song. But that's probably why we hear the double tag later on throughout the rest of the song. It's because it was originally in there. And then Chuck Lorre actually asked him to take it out for the show. Mm. So this is the book. 
that inspired it. Hmm. Not very much on the cover. Um, oh, wow. I've been reading it the last two nice. days. Um, it's a very hard book to get a hold of. There's a lot of libraries in Maine that have it, but you cannot go to any bookstores in Maine and get it. You can't get it. You can't download it. You can't get any eBooks. Um, so it's a very hard, a very hard book to get a hold of. I actually had to go to to the Lewiston Public Library and like beg for them to let me use it, even though I no longer live in Lewiston. Mm. And get like special permission, and I've been working my way through. I'm I'm currently one <laughs> one fifth of the way through. It's a 500 page book, so it's it's quite quite a long book. But if it get, you know if it gives you any reflection, nice. I've had it for a day and a half, and I've gotten through 100 pages. It's actually a really easy read, very much like a brief history of time or universe in a nutshell. It's really cool. He does yeah. a lot of history stuff, like talking about I love uh, Pythagoras awesome and uh, a lot of stuff like that. Um, Aaron, you'll find this interesting because, and I think probably Ed found this very interesting. He spends a good three, four pages talking about Pythagoras and the harmony and discord of notes, and nice. about how everything is a number and universal harmony, yeah. and how the planets have their harmony and how the planets have their sounds that they each make based on the the orbits. Um, so it's a really interesting book. Um. He's definitely an atheist because he's he, there's a couple of times that he not that it's a bad thing but you can tell in his writing because he's a little dismissive of of religion um, he's a little dismissive of well yeah he's just dismissive of religion in general um, so you, you can just tell it in his writing um, but if you ignore that part the rest of it is and if you're religious and you ignore that part I should say <laughs> I was gonna say um, that's right up my alley anyways <laughs> but if, I'm mostly a bastard. <laughs> But if you are religious, if you just ignore those like one or two little slams that he takes at religion, then mm. you're okay. Um, you know, he'll make little statements like, because he was a pure scientist, meaning he didn't believe in religion at all, and then keeps going. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's a little harsh. That's saying that there's sci <laughs> that if you're a scientist, you, you some, can't believe in religion. Got some snark there. Yeah, just a little bit. But it actually is a really cool read. Um, and I could see why why Ed would get into reading it and, and fly through it. So it's just so interesting that he happened to just finish reading that. And Bill and Chuck happened to be the audience the night that they did mm -hmm. that one improv. Because as you know, they do new improvs every night. All right. Well, why don't we, why don't we move away from that and, and talk about the music? Breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Aaron's gonna talk about chord structure and time. Alright. So, aside from the slow introduction, the song seems to be played at about 160 BPM. Uh, pretty upbeat, pretty fast, as you know. I mean, that's kind of the one of the nice things about it. It starts off really nice and tranquil, like the universe before matter, I guess. And then, <laughs> boom. Now, I, I, I haven't actually, you know, I, this warrants perhaps a, a more uh, detailed, like, uh, investigation. I haven't really scrutinized it, but it would be really cool if it sped up and sped up and sped up gradually and then slowed down, slowed down, slowed down a little bit, uh, because they're definitely kind of implying a, a kind of um, a repetition of Big Bang and Big Crunch. Yeah. So, uh, enjoyable chord progression. Oh, it's written in G major. Enjoyable chord progression. Interestingly enough... It goes from a four to a five to a one to a five to a four, which is a palindrome. Um, True. Which is now, what the universe is. If you believe in the Big Bang and the Big Crunch, yeah, you've, 
You've got your palindrome. They, they did something interesting, which is they put the tonic in the middle of the verse. And once I wrote that out, I was like, oh, because you write it in Roman numerals, right? You write it in Roman numerals. Uh, that's how you do um, scale degrees. So it's basically, you know, you, you notice the chord structure is a palindrome. Essentially, you're writing out I, V, V, I, V, V, I. Oh. Uh, which considering considering they sing about a big crunch in and a new big bang in the bridge i'm inclined to believe this was intentional there it's like a repeating symmetrical pattern uh, the other interesting thing is they did delay resolving to the tonic until the very end of the chorus uh, often when you expect the song to resolve to the tonic it launches into another iteration of the verse going back to the fourth because the verse begins on the fourth degree of the scale it's a little unusual a lot of times um, you'll start on the tonic you go away from the tonic and you move back to the tonic and that gives you that resolution so there as the verse is progressing it's going it's going it's going you're like oh it's going to come back to the one no it goes to the four and it goes again and again and again and then finally at the end of the chorus it hits you with that boom back to the tonic like a big bang um it's really interesting because they go to a perfect four that doesn't exactly annoy you, but you feel the denial of the resolution to the tonic. Uh, and when it finally does land, it's quite noticeable and satisfying, especially after the little pause they, they put before landing on it. Back to the one, back to the tonic. Um, the structure of the song is verse one, chorus, verse two, chorus, bridge, best part of the song, <laughs> verse three, chorus. So A, B, A, B, C, A, B. A bad cab, uh, standard rock progression, and well executed here. The bridge is, in my opinion, undeniably the best part. I really love um, the, the music in it. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, I love this song. It's it's a lot of fun. I loved it too, and I have to say, it's interesting. This is probably one of the only songs that I prefer the recorded version over the live version. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so tight and polished and the harmonies are just spot on and that's what makes the song for me along mm. with the whole i mean along with ju just your description just now aaron was pretty cool because it's like they went meta on it you know oh, they I mean? really like, did yeah that's kind of cool like that shows you how smart they are i mean if ed is the major driving force behind this he's really smart um and we know that although I know there was some controversy around the rights of the song. I know that's coming up later, so I don't know. No, we can go into, into it now yet, and then come back to the lyrics. Um, I just, I, just, I mean, this, it's, it's funny because last week's episode, it was like, yeah, Ed being quote unquote clever with lyrics, but this is him being really clever with the oh, lyrics. Yeah. This is him yeah. spot on. This is him turning a phrase and making it happen. Like this is, this is what we expect from him. Like this is where the bar is set. This is where we want it. We want it up here. We don't want phoning it in. We want deliver one hundred percent. And they they normally do. And this is this is great. Oh yeah, Ed does this great thing with the harmonies and with the the backups. Like when he really wants to hammer home a point. He exits out and lets the harmonies and the backups take over and drive that point home. You know, they all die. They froze their asses off. Like, <laughs> this is great. Like, and the harmonies are oh. gorgeous. And Steven just, um, in the live videos that we watched, the Red Rocks video, like, I would sorely miss Steven on that because it's just <laughs> the icing on the cake. It's the, the utter perfection of the song that just. And and maybe it's because I hear it all the time when I watch Big Big 
Big Bang Theory, but I just, I mean, it's it's so good that way. It's just, the recorded version is just... Oh, it's gorgeous. And it's per- so layered. Perfection. The layers, yeah. On every level. So, like, to return back to the music real piece, just the music itself piece, like... It starts off so simply. So is that in the background, yeah. Aaron, is that symbols or a hi-hat? Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state that nearly... Uh, hold on one sec, and let's see. Me... So just to kind of vamp and, and fill, at the very beginning of the song, you have this one instrument that just, it's hit, and it holds, and it's just sitting there, and it's almost like this ah kind of sound that you get. Yeah, that's well. So, so to kind of, <laughs> it's definitely a symbol. I think it's a crash symbol, probably played with um, mallets. Uh, just to clarify, a hi hat is a symbol, but I, I know when you're saying symbols, you mean like the hanging ones that there's a single right. one, or the, yeah. or the um, ones that you run together or something cause, like that. Because you you can't, yeah, like crash symbols. You can uh, do that kind of thing on a hi hat, but usually you get a little bit of interference because it bounces off the other one, which may be a desired effect. But yeah, that's. Um, that's basically, it sounds like a crash cymbal being played either with mallets or maybe something else or just in a very specific way to kind of, uh, by by playing it in a very certain way, you can kind of make a, a wash sound. And it's uh, it's done in, it's done more frequently in like concert music than rock, but it is done in rock. Um, Queen and a lot of like the epic, yeah. like uh, operatic rocker groups, they do that because it gives them like a dramatic effect. And, and that's what you get with this. Like you get that, dra- oh, yeah. like it's a dramatic start to this song. And then, like, it, so if you've ever watched the show, like, if you haven't, at the very beginning, they have the explosion of the, the Big Bang, the beginning of the universe. And they do that right to the, I believe, if, if, you, if I remember correctly, they do that right to the triangle ting. So you get the cr- this crash, you have some singing, and then you have a, just this one small, tiny triangle ting. And that's when the universe explodes. And the Big Bang starts. And that's when the music starts to pick up. I love, like, there's other little things that they've got hidden throughout this song. Like, they love to throw their little their little extra sound effects in. But you have, like, at one point, I want to say it's, like, late in the second or third verse, you have this wind effect. Oh, no, it's during the... It's during the uh, bridge. It's expanding ever but one you have this like whirling wind effect picking up and then when it says it's going to collapse that they also have that effect going and there's also i don't know how to explain it other than kevin using the synthesizers but it sounds like a theremin and any geek out there that heard that sound is like that was like perfect for this song and this for this tv show like yeah oh yeah like theremins often associated with space. I mean, they use it in um, like Star Trek and stuff like that. So right, it's sci-fi. Oh, they're fun. They're really fun. <laughs> I don't have one, but my my friend and and musical collaborator Nate does, and he let me play it on a couple tracks we were doing, and it was, it was so much fun. I want to get a theremin so bad. Oh, so and then I also love like so getting into the lyrics real quick, but sw- switching over and using the harmonies, which is really just another kind of instrument in a way. I love how at the very beginning in the intro, they have them in the background going hot, 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 hot. 
14 billion years ago expansions as the, as the universe is expanding <laughs> like it's just this like nice little extra yeah. in enters yeah. that they put into the song where i'm it just each time i hear it it makes me smile so sorry i've been i've been not monopolizing i re- if you haven't picked up i love this song <laughs> so <laughs> i can tell i love the little jokes throughout it like it, it this is like to me all the things i love about bnl now tracy you and i have had disagreements before when it comes to the the kids songs <laughs> Here's the thing. The great lyrics for this song, for the most part. Uh, a lot of interesting things that I, w- I would have run to the dictionary to look up if I heard it as a kid. I know I just aged myself. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than Wikipedia, right? Uh, but truly, this is the kind of song I would want on a kid's album. Uh, if, the song, if this song were from Snack Time, or if more songs from Snack Time were like this, I would have been completely gung-ho on that album. I mean, mm. We only heard a few, so it's very possible they have other songs that are of this caliber on there, but... Um, having said that, I do have a science nerd gripe. I have a grievance that must be aired. I have the a lyri- guess of what it is, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll see if you see if you're right. The lyrics state that the universe is expanding ever outward, but one day it will pause and start to go the other oh, way, collapsing it. ever inward. And I just want to say that the big crunch is bullshit. <laughs> 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 We're either we're either going to see the entropic heat death of the universe or another possible Big Bang due to a collision between fifth dimensional brains. That's brains like membranes, not like the brains in our heads, which zombies want to eat kids. Uh, Although in this book, in the time that the book was written, which was in yeah. 2004, so I know by 2008 we we had resolved the big crunch. Well, it's still possible, like because we don't really fully understand dark energy. Um, there's nothing to say that it, it can't happen, but it doesn't seem likely based on what we currently know. Right. I mean, but in 2004, like, that yeah. was the big discussion. Oh, I know. Like, I know. It, I'm just being sarcastic. I'm being a mostly and, bastard. And, and, and it was in the book that I'm holding here. Like, that was one of the big things that he kind of goes into is the mm. big crunch. Um, so I would, so it makes I sense would if he was reading why. that book. Yeah. Right. Uh, my problem. Was that, was my that your guess? Problem. Oh, you have a different no, one. No. I oh, have a different cool. one. I, I want to hear. The autotropes begin to drool. Ah. No, no, no. <laughs> they would not. Autotrophs won't drool. <laughs> but I think that he does that on purpose, too. Like, he, if you're going to put a word like autotroph in, you know what an autotroph is, and you know that it wouldn't drool. And so putting that in there is kind of a, a joke in, in a way, I think, for him. Autotroph is one of those ones that I did not know initially. I had to go and look up. It is the first part of the food chain. So mm. it's it, basically it's any kind of animal or cellular life form that would break down light and inorganic chemicals into basic necessities to continue living, such as uh, carbohydrates and such. So it's the bottom of the food chain. So photoplankton. Yeah. Phy- sorry, phytoplankton yeah. would be an example of an autotroph, which they would not drool. Maybe they do in their own way. <laughs> if they did, would you ever know? They're 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 in the ocean. How would you even tell? <laughs> Maybe that's how they break things down. If you pee in a yellow pool, does anyone know? <laughs> if it's w- suddenly warm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you beat me to it, Michelle. <laughs> they filled this song with like big words. So, of course, I, hopefully everyone knows what Pangea is. 
which is the major continent that was created originally that then broke apart into the minor continents. Everyone wants to talk about Pangaea. No one wants to talk about Gondwana land. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where's the love for Gondwana land? Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Hopefully everyone knows Neanderthals. Yeah. Some Some of us are. I <laughs> stop the insults, you bastard. <laughs> um, I did not know what Australopithecus was. I had a guess, but I did not know what a, it was. It's a prehistoric bird, right? Isn't that the dinosaur with the thing? No. On his head. It, the, I'm going to give one word and you're going to be like, oh, Lucy. I'm home. Bo- somebody is bossy. You got some explaining to do? <laughs> So, so it's a southern ape. It's one of the old first, one of the ones that was oh. originally. F- oh. I was thinking Lucy from Charlie Brown. Okay. I'm like, what well, is she? <laughs> no, I, of course I had the context in front of me. No, it's Lucy from the, like the the original uh, evolution type. It's one of the early oh, nice. ancestors or a branch off from one of our ancestors. Um, so I did not know that before this. Of course, I you know. Is it from Australia? Um, so no, it's actually region? from Southern Africa. It refers to which is where they get the word "southern ape" from. Is from us. Is from South Africa. Mm. So, Austra means south in Latin, I think. And then, of course, we have the other throwaways like Descartes, Deuteronomy, which I thought was so cool. Like, okay, we're gonna throw in not just science, but we're gonna throw all these religious references in there too, as well. So we have Deuteronomy, we have mythology, we have astrology. So all these things, which is interesting because astrology is all through the book, um, talking about really astronomy or astrology. They talk about how astrology is different than astronomy, and or they don't talk about it specifically, but they hint at how and where it came from um, in, in well, terms of talking about retrograde and why retrograde was yeah. originally believed and how it it made Ptolemy and. And oh now of course I can't think of his name. Why why it made uh, Ptolemy and Copernicus and all them uh, look like fools Galileo, because of the, the retrograde of Mars, especially um, because of the elliptical orbit. Yeah, because they looked like they were wobbling and not really following a perfectly spherical or elliptical orbit. Right, you know? which is where astrology comes from. Is this like yeah definition of like what's interesting to me is that astrology there we had all this like all these pseudosciences but they actually did lead well (laughs) sorry that's a soft science see it's so much worse when it's the professional term right (laughs) uh no um uh we had all these pseudosciences that actually led to real sciences uh so like you know for instance phrenology eventually became like neurology, mm-hmm. uh, alchemy became chemistry, astrology became cosmology mm-hmm. or astronomy. Um, so, you know, we've always been, I think, fascinated by these topics, and we just we just have a better grasp of them now. But, I mean, I, I personally am certainly inclined to believe that uh, we still have a long way to go and a lot to learn. So um, I know that doctors, um, not even a century from now, will be looking back at treatments we use now and thinking, wow, that's so barbaric. It will be the equivalent of, you know, leeches and, and bloodletting. the doctors will stop prescribing narcotics. That would be a nice place to start. <laughs> They'll just shoot you in the arm with a, with a virus that will rewrite your DNA, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> I think that scares me more. 
<laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> There's a great movie in that. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it's called The Fly. So, okay, guys, I gotta. I have a confession to make. All right, what's your confession? Tracy, I actually like this song, but I have to mention that I kind of hate the Big Bang Theory. Really? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not Why? a fan. I uh, knew that. I, to be honest, <laughs> we've talked I, about I that. I haven't seen that many episodes, so I guess, you know, it, it, maybe I'm judging it unfairly, but from what I've seen. <sighs> I just feel like it, it. It's like intellectually and comedically lazy. It punches down. It tries to have its cake and eat it too by posing as some kind of celebration of geek and nerd culture. But it seems to be laughing more at the lovable nerds than with them. And ultimately, I just don't think it's particularly funny. On YouTube, you can actually find some clips of the Big Bang Theory with the laugh track removed. And it is just an existential nightmare. It's a void. If you compare that show to something like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I just feel like there's a real stark contrast. So, I don't know. Just my opinion. I know it's not a popular opinion. I know Big Bang Theory is, like, the most popular television show in the world. I think it was, like, more popular than, like, football, which is crazy to me because I know everyone in America is football nuts. I don't like football. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so feel free to hate on me, guys. I'm kind of a bastard, whatever. (laughs) Boy, it's that episode, isn't it? (laughs) I, I will try I will try not to let that affect my enjoyment of this song because I do really like the song. <laughs> Interesting. What do you What do you think of Big Bang Theory? Um, I like the show. It's fine. You know what I mean? It's it's easy to watch. Um, I do love Amy Farrah Fowler. I have to say she's hmm. there was an episode that I just I think she just killed it. Amy takes Leonard as a date to a wedding because Sheldon, I think it was early in their relationship with her relationship with Sheldon and he didn't want to go to the wedding with her. And, and, um, Leonard was just pouting through the whole thing because he was having women trouble or he might've, Penny might've broken up with him. I don't remember where they were, but Amy just, she was hilarious. She just nailed it. She's like, Leonard, the band is on fire. I am a wonderful companion. And she just was like, you should be having a good time. Like she wasn't having it. And I just, I just loved it. And I burst out laughing. So there are those moments. Um, the show isn't my favorite show, but if it's on, I'll watch it. It's, it's easy to watch. It doesn't tax me. It doesn't. Well, and I'm, that's, I like I what they evolved her character from where it originally began. Yes. Although I did love when she started on the show and she sort of had a thing for Penny. Like she just was sort of obsessed with Penny. I thought those moments were really fun too. But where they, like that first episode where she's just a female Sheldon. Yeah. If they're going to continue that for years on end, it would get old really quick and, and you would lose so many people. I like how they are like, no, like we need to make her a different character from Sheldon, but similar and enough that they enjoy each other um, and get each own, other. Yeah, exactly. Like quirky in her own way, but definitely more passionate. Yeah. Although I think they're what, like, I feel like Amy deserves more than annual, an annual romp on Sheldon's birthday or her birthday. I think it's her birthday. Like, come on, yeah. Sheldon. <laughs> you need to, I feel like she's a burning plate of passion and i think she deserves more than what he's gonna dish out but whatever you know she's happy 
Well, that's one of the things I like about that is they have so like they all started off as very two dimensional kind of characters, mm-hmm. and they've become fleshed out so much more over the seasons, um, including Amy. And one of the things I like about Amy, especially, I like them all, but one of the things I like about Amy is that she's not afraid to be sexual, and she she delves into that part of herself. And so you have someone who's extremely highly intelligent, but also sexual and comfortable with her sexuality. And I I think that is a brave thing to do. And they've done that with all of the characters in many ways in terms of like, here's these cardboard cutouts that we started out with in the first season. And they have since then made them so much more intricate than what they began as. So it's possible that the Big Bang Theory that I am familiar with is not the same show that it has become. And, you know, like I said, I, I don't want to... <laughs> if you guys like it, that's fine. I would never take that from well, no. you. I just, I just don't care from it myself, for it myself. Well, then let's let's uh, transition over to discussing a little bit about the uh, video. Oh, yeah. So in discussing the video, there are good parts and bad parts to this video, in my opinion. Um, what we have for this video is the band basically um, doing a visit to the Big Bang Theory set, doing several takes of the song, playing it with some of the some of the actors as well. So, for example, you have you have Simon Helberg who plays Wallowitz playing the keyboards. By the way, he actually does play the keyboard. That's not him just messing around. He actually can play the keyboard. So he plays the keyboard during the bridge breakdown that that Kevin does amazingly on in the song. And then you have... So you just have these people in there. One of the downsides of this video, in my opinion, is this video was done, I want to say, in 2011. I could be wrong about that time. So Steven's gone. Yeah. It's still an amazing version, but it's just sad not to have Steven part of that experience. Mm, yes which brings me back to before we go into the video too far you were going to bring up earlier michelle the controversy with this song he never got and i don't know if it's been resolved since then i mean it is now 2018 but he does have co-authorship on the song although it feels more like an ed vehicle to me but Mm. steven's on there but Everything I've read said that he was never paid royalty. He's he he hasn't oh, been wow. getting paid royalty fees for the song, and you know it's it's on. Man, that's got to be a lot. It's of money on every too. five minutes on every channel you can think of. So yeah. that's a lot of royalty fees that he's not getting. That's not a that's not a small. It's not, not a small, small amount. Thing. And and I don't know what's happened with that, but that's what I saw. Well, two years ago, well, two and a half years years ago almost three tmz actually said that they found court documents saying that steven had filed for had filed papers um to get reimbursed because he still had not been paid the 20 percent that he was he said that he was due for this song i don't know if they fixed that but i could see that that might have been one of the big like one of the big embers that kept burning it wasn't one of the things that broke them up, obviously, but I could see how it'd be one of the things that kept them separated for so long and, you know, just kept things going. Yes. Especially for such a big song. Well, it's everywhere. It's always on. You always hear it. 
you always see the opening credits for the song. It doesn't matter what channel you put it on. It's in syndication. It's on everywhere all the time. Well, in every concert that I've gone to post Steven, Ed will introduce this song as, so this song is probably one of the songs that we're best known for um, and that most people know us from. And I'm like, oh, they're going to sing If I Had a Million Dollars or they're going to sing Brian one and week or one week and no they they bust out to this song i'm like oh yeah kind of but you know to me being an all-time old old fan like it's like no but yeah i knew them from way back that's true not as far back as you but certainly before the big bang theory. right but i could see how this also really bought you know popped them into oh, i'm sure it, mass yeah. media a lot more so yeah and i could see if you were steve why that would that would really kind of yeah. stick in your craw a little bit about yeah, most you know? especially if you weren't getting royalty checks. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, one walk back on my Big Bang bashing. <laughs> uh, I like Johnny Galecki quite a oh. bit. He was great in Suicide I Kings. I love him. He's so good in everything he does. He's like the unsung hero of everything he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really is. That's a that's a good way to put Christmas it. Christmas Vacation. I mean, come on, <laughs> Roseanne. All right. Good job, Dad. Yeah. Wait, is he in the reboot? He was for one episode. No, they're doing the new one now without Roseanne, right? So I oh, wonder if he's going to be in that. Because that'd I be kind of cool. That. Oh yeah, he. Yeah, they're basically they're basically doing Roseanne without Roseanne. Yes. <laughs> Which she kind of forced their hand. And Darlene is supposed get... to be the major figure, I don't so I that. can see how how Johnny like if they release him i'm gonna say something and i'm gonna be the best oh i don't like darlene connors i don't like her character i don't i feel like she's selfish and she looks down on everybody else um i watched the whole roseanne series and um you know like her sister becky is working as a waitress becky's husband died she's just trying to keep her life going i mean it's been a long time and Darlene gets an offer for a job as a waitress with full benefits. And she's like, no, nah, you know, I don't really want it. Becky wants it. It's full insurance benefits. This world is hard enough. But um, somebody convinces Becky, not Becky, Darlene, like she's going to take this job. It's full insurance benefits. She's got two kids. She's got to take care of them. And so she takes the job, but you can just see she thinks she's better than that. And it's like, you've got to take care of your kids and you've got to earn your living. And what are you doing? And it's just like the way she is in the show, it just irked me. It just rubbed me the wrong way. And I just feel like, who are you to think you're better than everybody else? You know what? We're all just trying to get through the world. So that's all. You don't have to keep this in the show. It's nothing bad, but it's... <laughs> There's nothing bad there. So it's, nothing, yeah. it's nothing to do with the, the bare naked ladies. So you can cut it. That's fine. All right. <laughs> One way or the mean, other. I hadn't said that out loud before. And I just... <laughs> Here it is. So the video. What did you think of the video, Michelle? I liked the video. I thought it was fun. Like it was, I mean, I miss Steven, of course, but I thought it was fun. I, I'm glad that you said that Wallowitz actually plays the keyboards in real life because he was playing. I mean, like you see mm -hmm. the fingers and I'm like, he's playing the notes. It looks like he is. I mean, obviously they're playing to a track, but then you see that it's him. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. But to hear that he actually plays, it's like, okay, that's, that's cool. Um, I liked it. I, I love Tyler taking taking uh, Sheldon's seat. Oh my gosh, that was one of my favorite parts of the video where he's sitting there and he looks over <laughs> and then he just moves over and plops himself in Sheldon's seat. That was great, and I love that Tyler did that. That was so Tyler. I loved it. Oh yeah. <laughs>
That's something that Tyler would totally do, and I don't think that was scripted in any way. <laughs> no, I just, like, that's Tyler. That, yeah. That's him. And that, to me, says that the band also pays attention to the show, that they would even know to do that. <laughs> right. Should we get on to ratings? If I had a wish, or even a choice, I'd wake up to the sound of your voice. Let's do it. Um, All right. Funny that you mentioned that segment because this week's uh, ratings is how many Sheldon's couch cushions <laughs> do you give I love it. this song? And I'll start. I give the song a solid four. It's fun. It's witty. It's catchy. I like listening to it. It's upbeat. I love it. Steven's vocals and the harmonies are gorgeous. I give it a four. Tracy, what do you, how many Sheldon's couch cushions do you give this song? So, this is definitely a theme song. Yes. I mean, it plays as a theme song. Yes. But it's so much more fun than most theme songs. This beats out Greatest American Hero, Cheers, Fall Guy. I have Greatest all those on my Greatest American iPod. Hero is really damn good. It is. But this this definitely tops. I used those. to sing that on the playground. I used to Believe like. It I had not. a whole thing Tracy that I would do. It's just me on the playground <laughs> as a kid. Anyway, I love a Greatest American Hero. By the way, you know they're you know they're doing a reboot of Greatest American Hero too, right? How the, I, I don't I don't I know. Sure I, I should say a that. second reboot because they actually they actually did wait. a reboot of Greatest American what? Hero. It better be the original cast. No, I, well I don't know. They it haven't better said be the original cast. But they actually did a reboot Can't of Greatest the... American Hero back in the 80s. It was I... a one-time TV TV movie type thing. Yeah. And a female a female took over for him. I think I remember that. Mm. So I, I, I recently went through a thing where I was like, I got to go back and rewatch some of these old, old TV shows that I used to love and see if they're as, as great as I remembered. That one wasn't. Um, <laughs> it definitely did not <laughs> age well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's sad, but it was it was a it was a one joke TV show that you could tell like after the first <laughs> season you're like okay yeah he can't fly but at some point he's gonna learn how to and it just the joke like loses itself um, and and a lot of the references were very 80s and like dare and drugs and like were the major focus and Russian gangs and I was like yeah this is 80s. Um, anyways, way off topic, but I I can't quite put this song up there with alcohol. I want to because it's funny and catchy. I will seek this song out. I will never skip this song. I listened to this song twenty times this week to prepare for this, and <laughs> it didn't get old for me any of those times. My kids, however, were like Daddy again, seriously. I'm like, yes, I have to listen to it. But I really secretly was like really enjoying listening to it. A million times <laughs> so i can't fault the song for the problems it created with the band so i give it a 4.5 oh wow wow okay aaron 4.5 couch cu- how cushions. many of sheldon's couch cushions do you give the big bang theory well i'm clearly gonna be the odd man out here so allow me to uh try and offer an olive branch by making a reference to big bang that i like which is i will give this song 3.85 soft kitties oh, there we go. i didn't even i like it quite that. a lot see you know 
know the show better than you. I I no, I, I like I said, it's just it's just not it's not my cup of tea, but uh yeah, no, you know, I certainly can understand why people enjoy it and more power to them. Uh this the theme song though is great. I certainly agree. It's uh, very great. Especially, you know, I think I was initially going to give it like a 3.7. Uh but then I just thought about that bridge and it's I love that bridge. The bridge is really really good. And that really kicks it up. That's great. I love it. The music was really fantastic there. And, uh, yeah, very catchy song. And uh, really, 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 really nice to listen nice. to. Very pleasant. So the Big Bang Theory is number eight in our list. It is between Am I the Only One at number seven and All in Good Time at number nine. I would put it above All in Good Time, definitely. Yeah. So nice. Now, what did so there are two covers of this song. We don't have a lot of Bare Naked Lady covers out there, but we do have two covers of this song. One was done by the Bristols in 2014. It's an attempt at like I, what I think of as a, as a punk version of the song. Oh, really? I, I, I sent it to you guys. I don't know if you guys heard it. I saw the live one, but I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw the live one, too. I know you mentioned two things, but I didn't see um, more than... Well, I, yeah, I just sent the... So it, who co- it's called Who Covers... Uh, yeah. whosampled.com oh 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 oh, oh. I did yeah, see yeah, that, yeah 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 but what yeah. I saw I didn't see I saw something but I don't think it was the right thing so I don't I'm not going to recommend anyone go out and listen to these covers unless you're like I really want to see if Tracy is absolutely correct on this I don't think either of the covers are good um so the Bristols covered it in 2014. Once I said, once again, I said it was attempted punk, which it is, but it's an attempt. The harmonies are no good. The it's really poor instrumentation, mediocre singing with the oddest accents I have ever heard. I don't know where these guys are from, but that is the weirdest accent I've ever heard. <laughs> Hashtag racist. <laughs> no, I, I, kid, I love... I, it's, I, <laughs> I am a lover of British accents. This, I don't know what it was. It's probably an affectation. It feels like it was. It feels like... And maybe I'm totally wrong and the Bristols are actually British, but it feels like someone attempting to do a British accent. Like Green Day, so, Green Day gone bad. Oh yeah, like I don't even want to like say that because that's even putting Green Day in the same sentence with these guys is is an insult. Um, so then there's the other cover, which is Tracks Burner 2015, which is a workout version. Um, it is once again not not bare naked ladies like being remixed into a, a workout. Now this is someone else singing it, and I don't like it. The earth began to cool, the other trope began to drool, Neanderthal developed tools, we built the wall. We built our pyramids, my science history unraveling the mystery. It is slower. So take this song and go down from like a 45 to a 33 and a third. It's techno and electronic. I could not bang, in a bang, million bang, years. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> I could not exercise to this. And you know how long it is? Five freaking minutes long. Yeah, 
and you know, so here's the worst part. How many times can you listen to someone say the word bang repeatedly? <laughs> that all started with a big bang. Bang, 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 bang. Here's a challenge. I know you guys didn't hear it, so I want people to go out there, listen to this song, and just basically try to guess how many times they say the word bang in a row. This isn't throughout the whole song. This is in a row where they're just going bang, 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 bang. My mental health was being challenged. They said it, uh, I counted it 140 times in the middle. In a row. <laughs> and by the time it came back to the next time that they started saying bang again, I almost had a panic attack wondering if they were going to start doing it again. I'm like, please, God, no, no. And luckily they didn't. But then they start to at the very end of the song. I'm like, no, no. And it ends. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. So, are you sure this wasn't Millie Vanilli? <laughs> it felt worse than Millie Vanilli. I would listen to Millie Vanilli over this. Girl, you know it. Girl, you know it. Girl, you <laughs> like know that. It. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, just to boil it down, the original version is so much better. So, I will post it. I will challenge anyone to just go out and listen to it. But it's it's torture. Um, appearance. July 17th, 2004. So we're kind of going with the, the week for this year, this this episode. Comedy Network airs an episode of Odd Job Jack with Bare Naked Ladies in it. Um, season 1, episode 11, called Almost Wormless. Um, Jack works as a roadie for a three-day rock festival. And I'm not going to go into a ton of it, but Bare Naked Ladies are at the festival they actually do cartoon versions of the Bare Naked Ladies. It is the weirdest cameo I have ever seen. I actually want people to go out and watch this because it was odd. It was weird. <laughs> um, but Kevin's voice is so distinct. Like, as soon as you hear him speak, like, oh, oh my gosh, that's Kevin. Like, you, I was wondering if it was going to be just supposed to be them, but that was them. That was them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was bizarre. And Kind of like, was it Thundercats or... Um, it was like Voltron, Voltron Thundercats kind of... that's what it was, Voltron. <laughs> and like, what, it was... what am I watching? This is... Yeah, it's What really am weird. I watching? <laughs> this is... And that's me saying that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was crazy. It was the oddest cameo out there. And so uh, I, I encourage everyone to go out and see it because you have to see it to understand it. Yes. And even then, you might not understand exactly. it. Exactly. And I tried to look up and find this the full episode online because I was like, oh, maybe in context it's better. You can't find it full episode anywhere. Um, so I will put the the BNL clip up there. Um, and if people find the full episode, please send it to us because I want to see this to figure out if it's just context. All right. So as I was saying earlier with the covers. That Traxburner 2015 version, it was a horrible version. And I feel at times, like listening to it, that I was almost blacking out. And that's next week's song, Blacking Out. Interesting. <laughs> it's it's one of those rare songs that was out there, and it's, it's only available on certain editions of certain albums. So 
We'll be covering that one next week. Awesome. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks. That was fun. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. Except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.